You know, it was when I first got to my second assignment, there was an elderly couple. They were daily mask goers, and I got to know them almost right away. And as I got to know them, I found out that they were getting ready to celebrate their 60th anniversary of marriage, which was kind of an exciting thing because 60 years is a long, long time to be married. And so we had a nice celebration. It was beautiful. The whole family had come. I got to meet everybody. And I really like, you know, felt like endeared to the whole family because it was a great celebration. Shortly thereafter, I had heard that she had taken ill because I hadn't seen him at mass, so I called. And her husband said, oh, she's not doing well at all. We, we just called hospice to come and, and to be with her. So if you'd like to come over and visit. So I said, well, of course I'll come. So I sat with them for a little while. We talked how wonderful the 60th celebration was. Everything it was just such an, a wonderful encounter. About two weeks later, he called again and he said, I think it's it, Father, if you could come and anoint her. So I went and anointed and we all gathered around and it was so beautiful. She just died in such peace. But I could see in her husband a little bit of anxiousness. And so we had the funeral and after the funeral, um, I didn't see him very much. He, I guess he was just mourning. And so I, I called his son because I didn't want to like, you know, get him all mad at me or anything. So I called his son and I said to his son, I said, what's going on with your dad? I, I haven't seen him. I know he, he was a regular churchgoer. Well, he's been a little depressed. If you want to talk to him, I think that would be a good idea. So I said, okay. So I called him up. We made an appointment. We got together. And I said, so, so how are you doing? And he goes, terrible. It's terrible. I said, what's the matter? He goes, well, I do miss my wife an awful lot. It, it's so hard after 60 years, 60 years plus of knowing her and being with her. It's been very hard. I said, but what, what, what's the hard, what, what are you experiencing? He goes, it's not so much the grief, it's my kids. I said, your kids? He said, yeah, they keep telling me to get over it. I can't get over it. I said, you know, I've looked at you 60 years, every day for 60 years, you were with this woman. I'm sure you miss her. He goes, oh, my heart longs like you wouldn't believe. I, I so miss her so much and, and I feel guilty because I, I should get over this. And, and my kids keep saying, I said, don't you ever feel guilty again? And he smiled and he said, what do you mean? I said, we're Christians. You went to church. You believed. We anointed her. Life only changed. It didn't end. And for a second, he had a little twinkle in his eye and he smiled at me and he said, well, then what are you suggesting? I said, listen, she still hears you. If you want to say I love you, go right ahead. If you want to say good night when you're going to bed at night, go ahead. We don't know for sure. Keep praying for her soul. Keep praying and keep praying. Have masses said for her. But she only just left us. Well, about six, eight months later, he died as well. And the son came up to me and goes, I don't know what you said to my father a couple months ago, but he was a changed man. We're Christians. Do we truly believe that death is an end? Or is it a new beginning? This is one of the puzzlements. When we say Jesus really is the one, this is what it's all about. You're going to die. <laughs> a few smiles. Come here. No, every one of you here are going to die. I'm sorry. I, you know, I've witnessed miracles. I truly have seen people who've had physical maladies have those physical maladies healed through prayer and fasting. I have seen people with psychological problems healed through prayer and fasting. I've seen people with all sorts of different things healed. But the one miracle 
that I've never experienced is walking into the funeral home and saying, come out. <laughs> and I don't think anybody from the time of Jesus till now has had that experience. This is the miracle of miracles. This is an interesting juxtaposition because we start off with Lazarus in a tomb this week and we're going to end next week, Palm Sunday, with Jesus laid in the tomb. The tomb is the heart of it all. And I want to be clear about this. We are going to die, but it's up to us to die well. Think about that for a second. How many people today don't die well? So many people today die alone. So many people today die estranged from family. So many people today die estranged from the sacraments. But it's up to us to make sure we're preparing and planning and getting ready. Because Jesus will stand at our tomb. We heard very clearly in the first reading. He will stand in our tomb and call us out at the last judgment. He's going to call us out just like he did to Lazarus today. But it's not going to be a resuscitation. It's going to be a resurrection. So let's try to bring all of this together. We're now going into the final phase, if you will, of this message. Jesus really is the one. Are you convinced yet? He went out into the desert and fasted 40 days and resisted the wiles of the devil. He was transfigured. He converted the woman at the well by just loving her and touching her soul. He healed the man born blind. And now he just called the dead man out of the tomb. Are you convinced yet? Do you get it yet? He really is the one. There's no other. Jesus really, truly is the one. Now, here's a test for all of you good Catholics who remember from one week to the next. What was the very first reading we had on the first Sunday of Lent? Yeah, yeah, okay. Good Catholics that we are. Oh, yeah, we remember five weeks ago, Father. Very clear. It's very clear in my mind. The book of Genesis. The original sin. We started Lent by saying, surely you will not die. The lie of the devil. Surely you can eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And you won't die. He knows you'll be like gods. And ever since then, we've all died. Every one of us. And yet God still loved us so much that he sent the one. God loved us so much that he didn't want to see us living without hope. God loved us so much, he wanted to dispel the confusion and the doubt and the grief. To say that the grave is not the end. It's not the final word. Jesus is the final word. And it's up to us to make sure that we recognize he is the one. There is no other. Jesus really is the one. But if this is the case, if all of these miracles that he's done haven't convinced you, I don't know why they wouldn't have. If all of these miracles, if all of these things that we're reading about and hearing about and talking about aren't true, then why are you here? What is it that you're looking for? What, what's on your agenda? But if he really is the one, then our lives have to be radically different because of it. The way we live our lives, 
every day, every minute, have to be radically different. And unfortunately, there are so many Catholics in the world today, of course, none of you, because you're the ones who are here. So many Catholics have fallen away from the practice of the faith. So many Catholics live their lives like anybody else on this face of the earth. They just walk around thinking everything is okay and everybody's going to go to heaven and it's all going to be okay. And that's not true. That's a lie. The devil started from day one. Surely you won't die. And yet it is true. But we can die well because we're Christians. We can die in grace because we're Catholics. When I stood over the dying woman and I anointed her, I could feel within me that power of Christ saying, no, you're mine. I claim you as my own. And so my dear brothers and sisters, you belong to Christ. You belong to the one who just called Lazarus out of the tomb. I've seen miracles. I've not seen that one with my own eyes. But I've seen a lot of people whose bedside I was at who died a good death, who died a peaceful death. You know, there's a lot of priests I know that always say, my biggest fear is that I'm going to die in a rectory. There's going to be five priests in the rectory and not one of them is going to come and anoint me. My dear brothers and sisters, we are Christians. We give ourselves over to Jesus Christ. The miracles are happening. We've been praying every Monday night for miracles. We've been praying for those who are hopeless and powerless. We're going to pray this Monday for those caught in confusion, whose lives have become so confused that they look for ways to try to just hold it all together. Many times ending up in addictions. Many times being possessed by stuff and being controlled and overrun by the things of this world. But we're Christians, we have hope. Jesus frees us, Jesus liberates us. Jesus says, come out, take the bindings off. You are children of God. Take the bindings off. Renounce the sin, repent, Lent all throughout Lent, we keep saying those words, repent, reform, change, prepare, get ready. Well, it's coming quickly now. Lent is going to end. We're going to have Palm Sunday next week. We're going to have Holy Week. Make sure your plans include making Jesus the center of all of that. Make sure your plans now are that, yes, I'm going to the healing holy hours. Yes, I'm going to get to confession if I haven't done so yet. Yes, I am going to prepare my heart and my soul as if I were to be laid in the tomb next week with Jesus. That's what I want. When I'm laid in the tomb, I want to be laid in the tomb with Jesus. Die a good death. And it is probably one of the most powerful things that we've ever had to grapple with as human beings, mourning the loss of a loved one and facing our own mortality. But I face my own mortality every day by waking up and thanking God for another day, but letting him know if this is the day, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. And so I say my prayers, and I keep saying my prayers, and I participate in the sacraments, and I keep participating in the sacraments, and then I go forth and I try to live as a Christian in this world. And so think about this for a moment. When we say, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you should love your neighbor as you yourself are loved. 
Is that your modus operandi? Because with love, lives are changed. With love, people come to Christ. And so there should be nobody you encounter that isn't a subject of your love. Just as Jesus healed that woman at the well by being the first one probably in her life to actually love her, the way Jesus was just able to calm the fears of Martha and Mary to reassure them that he is the one, now I'm asking you to be that one for others. Your lives should be radically different. Next week, I'm going to have a shortened homily, but I'm going to wrap up what all of this means when we talk about Jesus died on the cross for us. He really is the one. Jesus, by death, solved the problem of death. We no longer have to fear, for fear is useless. What we need is to trust. Trust in the Lord Jesus. Surrender yourself to him, because he really, truly is the one. And hopefully someday when he says to you, come out of the tomb, he takes you in his arms and gives you eternal peace, like our loved ones whom we pray for who have gone before us. God bless you.